Hello and welcome to the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now this is the second part of my Download Festival podcast specials, which I recorded last weekend at, of course, the Download Festival. I was lucky enough to go backstage and interview some of the biggest bands from the weekend, and hopefully you've all listened to the first part special that came out yesterday. That included interviews with Mum Jeans, Punk Rock Factory, State Champs and the amazing Hailstorm. But this time round, I'm back bringing you free interviews with Simple Plan, Bob Villain and Stray From The Path. All those interviews will be coming up in just a couple of minutes time. I had an amazing weekend at Download. It was celebrating the 20th anniversary of the iconic festival. And honestly, the weather was absolutely amazing all weekend. The sun didn't stop shining and everyone was celebrating in style. And I really did have one of the best weekends ever. So what I want to do today is bring you three brand new interviews and kicking things off, I'm joined by the amazing Simple Plan. I'm joined by Pierre and Chuck and we talk all things Download. Both of you, thank you so much for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Of course, thank you. Thanks for having us. I just want to apologize. We're not normally this hot over here. This is rare for us. You might be cold today, but it's fucking boiling. And I sit here looking like a, I'd say like a beet shoot. So I do apologize, but thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure. I think that we've realized that, uh, uh, you know, the UK is not equipped with good air conditioning systems because they're just not used to having to deal with it, right? They only bring them out once a year. That's it. And then reel them straight back. Yeah, the size of the air conditioning in this entire tent is like something you would use in a small bedroom. It's it's absolute <laughs> madness. But what I like to do with all bands that come on the podcast is take it right back to the very beginning. Uh, remember when you were a kid and maybe you saved up your pocket money or maybe someone in your family passed down a record to you. And it was the old days when you had a CD, you'd read through all the booklet, you'd smell the booklet, you'd look at the CD and listen to every track. What were those first albums that you remember that made you fall in love with music? Hmm. Uh, well, for me, obviously, there's a few that when you're, you know, too young to even remember. I remember, like, seeing at my parents' house, we had Michael Jackson Thriller, and I would, like, open up the whole vinyl. It was pretty cool. Incredible. Yeah. But then uh, later on in my life, I feel like when I got into sort of Southern California, punk rock was like, you know, records like, uh, whether it was uh, The Offspring Ignition was Amazing. a big one for me. Uh, and then, of course, Green Day, Dookie. I loved Kerplump. When Dookie came out, it was like, oh, my God, what Something is this? Something changed with that album yeah, for me. Exactly. That was the one. I was like, yeah, that oh, was, my God. That was big for me. Yeah, I think for me, right before I discovered pop punk, it was Pearl Jam 10. The, one I, of the greatest albums ever made in history. Yeah, I mean, that was really influential. That's what, that's what made us, I think, want to be in a band yeah. and want to start playing music. And then after that, it was Rage Against the Machine. That was huge. I mean, uh, not you can't really hear it in our sound today, but at the time it was big. And then the record that really changed my life and set us, I think, at least for me, and on the sort of the pop punk or punk rock kind of role, it was um, was Bad Religion, Recipe for Hate. I remember hearing that song late at night. Uh, there was like this show on Monday nights at, pl- at 10 p.m. that played all like the new releases, and it was like the one show that was out. Like back in the day, it was hard to find music. You know, it wasn't like today where you have everything. And I heard that song, and the next day I went to buy the, uh, well, my mom bought the record for me. <laughs> we must be around the same age, because I literally, the first gig I ever went to was Green Day Dookie tour. Unbelievable. Bad Religion, I remember seeing on MTV, Biggest Killer in American History, the video, I was like, who is this band? Offspring yeah. Smash. When that came out, yeah, yeah. self-esteem and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was like, 
that's the reason I want to pick up a guitar. Like yeah. that sounds fucking ace. But as I said, Green Day was my first kind of major gig. What were yours that made you think I want to be in a band? Like seeing a band live completely changes it for me. That's when you realize that it can be not just on a CD but in front of you. Yeah, I have the exact answer for me. It was. We went to see No Effects. Oh wow! And they were playing face to face and ten foot pole. Oh wow! And I bought this this sampler. They had Fat Music for Fat People. That's an amazing it, name. And it led us to like basically all these fat record band like Lagwagon, Strung Out, um, you know, and it, no use for a name. And it kind of at the time with our first band called Reset, like that was all the influences. And it's I think still today it's in the DNA of how we arrange music and how we think about songwriting and everything. So that night seeing these three bands back to back I mean it kind of uh, I, it definitely made it like 100% official like this is what we want to be this is what we want to do we want to get signed to Fat Records we want to be in a punk rock band you know and is it a different gig for you or you kind of around the same era it's the same one uh, same exact gig and we had a band at the time we were starting out and uh, a little bit later than that we opened up for face to face ourselves wow uh, at, the, at the age of at the age of 16 or something like that this is this is pre simple plan, and uh, yeah, that was definitely life changing for me. When we started going to those shows, I was like, I want to be here all the time. And then the next show we did support, we did open for was Lagwagon, Strung Out, Ten Foot Pole, and a wow. band called Trigger Happy back home. So that was, I mean, it was. And then like, Pennywise. Yeah, we so we got really lucky. That's we got so to, good at such a young age. Yeah, like so. I mean, in a way, it was the best thing that ever happened because it prepared us for being in our next band, which was Simple Plan, around 20 years old. Like, all that experience touring across, you know, the country in Canada with MXPX, touring with 10-Foot Pole, like, all that really prepared us for being in this band and doing this for the last 20 years. I've had bands on recently, uh, especially that have been, like, quite successful. Bands like Incubus, bands like over in the UK, Feeder, people like that. They've all been going kind of over 20 years and I'm always amazed like what it is that keeps them going because they're not writing songs about the same subject matter, they're not writing about breakups or a girl dumping them. You guys have been going a long time. What is it that kind of makes you still want to get up every day and perform instead of just thinking, we'll sit back now and just relax? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, in some weird way in our minds, we're still chasing something. I don't know what it is, but we're still kind of chasing it and we're still... Uh, you know, I think that we've kind of been blessed with success, but at the same time, we never feel like we got like ginormous. So we're always kind of like chasing and chasing, and it feels good. You know, like we're we have something good. We I think we recognize it, we appreciate it, and uh, there's no real reason to stop. You know what I mean? Like, of course, we have we have wives and kids at home, and, and that's you know an important part of our lives. But we can do it and balance it. And if we can go out for two, three, four weeks, come back home and enjoy family time, it's a good life. So. I think that we enjoy it and we don't really see a reason why not, you know, to keep going. Yeah. I think there's a bit of, like, without getting pretentious, there's a bit of legacy as well. Yeah. Like, you look at what you've built and how you want your band to be remembered, how you want people to look at what you have achieved. And even, like, for me, having kids, I have a my boy, he's almost going to be eight in the summer. I don't want him to be like, oh, my dad used to be in a band, they used to be doing this. Like, I want him to come to show and see, like, holy shit, like, they're playing to 20,000 people, they're playing these big shows, and uh, and for him to experience all these special things that we got to experience, so that's really, that drives me to keep going, you know? Do you guys feel like being parents and getting older now, you get a better work-life balance? Do you feel like you can be in that situation where you're like, we'll do a few gigs, and then we'll come home and appreciate our family and what we've got, and then kind of 
take a step back, take a breather, and then do it all again instead of being out for like six months in a van and wanting to just fucking sleep and get some rest and just have a like get close to having a breakdown. Yeah, we don't we don't do that anymore. We've been in a van for a long time. We spent a lot of years kind of like just killing it and doing everything we possibly can. And now we've we have the luxury of saying no to some gigs and being like, yeah, we don't go more than three four weeks, sometimes five, and then we go back home. That's amazing, man. Yeah. And that's what that's that must be the dream now. And coming yep. to festivals like this. Seeing yourself so high up on the bill, do you and kind I'll be of home tomorrow with my kids for dinner? And, and it gives you that's it, a good feeling. It buys you um, some freedom, you know, to choose whatever we feel like doing, whatever feels right, whatever is like a great gig. And at the same time, we still want to go and play for everybody. And like we know, especially with social media, like oh, you know, you haven't been here in four years, three years. Like we know, like for with the pandemic, it was difficult. So now we still got to go to Australia, still got to go to South America, Brazil, and we know that. We want to for ourselves, but also like we know there's lots of people waiting as well. But it does give you a chance to kind of define how you want your life to be, which is nice. And seeing yourself at a festival like Download, obviously you look at the poster. There's so many bands. You see these big bands like Metallica, incredible huge bands that headline. Each year you see yourself going kind of higher up the bill. Are you content with where you're at now, or are you still? Because you said you keep searching for something you've not found. Is it that you just keep going until maybe you are on the very top? I think that's kind of like a, a, a little extra, you know. I, I look at that bill and, and today with Metallica and all this stuff, and I look at where we're at on the bill, and I'm like, wow, we're like, if you read Metallica, you look right below. We're right there. We're pretty close. But it would be nice to be on the top there. I don't know if that's still a possibility for a simple plan to be headlining download, but you never know. You never know what might happen. Uh, but we're always, I think, not necessarily uh, concretely s searching for it, but there's a part of us inside that has that drive. Yeah, of course, still ambitious, and I think. I think it's exciting to see that it's actually working. We are, of course. You're not, you're not going down the bill, that, which that's is the what worst. I mean. Yeah. I think it, I, I think it would be very boring to manage like a slow decline of the band. So I think what keeps part of what keeps us wanna keep going is is the fact that we are reaching more people and we are building still, you know, 20 years into in, in, into this band and we still get to play the people for the first time. So many people like haven't seen the band live yet, and we still get to make a first impression. For and them. isn't that great for a festival? Like people guarantee, you know, Metallica. People pay for tickets. That's why it sells out. But there's the fan that might go, simple plan. I, I think I know them. I'll go and check them out. Exactly. And then they fucking walk away and say, I'm buying a T-shirt. I'm going to download their album. I'm going to go to their next tour. You still have that opportunity, even 20 years in the business, to win new fans over, and that must be the great feeling. Yep, for sure. I mean, uh, just the other day we were playing in front of a bunch of people in Budapest and we're like, you know, raise your hand if it's your first time seeing the show. And it's like 75% of people were like first timers. So, you know, you always have a chance to keep getting more fans and, and you know, impressing people and putting on a, a good first impression and turning them into lifelong fans. It's amazing. And is this festival, I don't know about your kind of scale because you said like you're going back home tomorrow so that's quite cool but will you get a bit of downtime will you get to go and watch Metallica set or you know Alexis on fire or we did find a little spot like a little VIP side area that we can get to for Metallica so we will be watching tonight can you get us free tickets for that bit area uh, as well because we've got to be out the front with everyone else and oh it's yeah. boiling hot I know it's going to be crazy the last time I saw them is when we toured with them in South Africa I think in 2005 it wow. was Metallica Seether because they were South African band and and uh, and we That's were playing crazy with, mix. and we got to see them from the stage and it was surreal even 20 years ago so i mean i cannot i mean i'm super excited to see them they're part of everybody's teenage years right it's amazing at, at our age and what i do on the podcast and it's my last question because i'm conscious of time 
every band that comes on, even though I've done 270 episodes, everyone gets the same question to end the podcast on. Okay. You both get to choose a song that means a lot to you that is played after this song goes out. So once I've sat down and edited at home, put it out for the world to listen to, hmm. after Simple Plan's interview today, one song is played. There's two of you, so I might choose the one I like the most. I okay. might get you two to like wrestle right now and pick the best one. But what's mm. a song that, when I ask the question, comes to your heart and your soul before any other song? And I truly believe music, like people in bands struggle the most with this because you've both already yeah, got probably so a hard. thousand songs yeah. in your head. Um, I'm just going to go with what popped into my head for some reason, and I can't really explain why, but there's a song called Thank You by The Descendants that's kind of about nice. you know being in a band and kind of like thanking the scene, I think. Yeah, 100%. And uh, it's one of my favorite Descendants songs. And I, when you said it, it popped in my head, so I don't want to mess with it. I'm just going to go with that. And that's what I always say. People are like, give me five minutes. Let me go on my Spotify. Let me email you. I'm like, no. What's the song that came here for a reason? Right. You yeah. don't want like, to be honest and from the heart, not trying to cure it. Yeah, and not be like, say. actually, this makes me sound cool. You know. The song that came to mind, maybe because we talked about them earlier, was uh, Barrelage American Jesus. Yeah. Because it really, like, when I heard that song, it set my life on a certain course, you know, yeah. and so that was really powerful. And I think still today it stands up. We played with them in Japan last month and just watching them play it, like, it still sounds current and it still sounds relevant, even lyrically, which is incredible. Such a good reason for both. And the good thing about this festival is Distillers were supposed to play this weekend. Uh, they cancelled about a month ago and I was like, who's going to play? And they announced Bad Religion. I saw that. And they're I was like, tomorrow, fucking right? hell, like, this is incredible. So, uh, for I think band, they're playing the same stage that we're playing. And we so. never get to see them much over here. So I was like, that's an upgrade for me. I'm absolutely sold Sick. on that. Well, enjoy. But thank you so much. I hope your set goes incredibly tonight. Are you nervous, truthfully? No, not at we all. Don't really, I mean, the only time I get nervous ever is if I'm off the road for a long, long time and I have the first show. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, we've, we've, we've played thousands of shows. Getting back career. on the bike and riding yeah, around. Exactly. The I, I'm more excited than nervous. I think the only thing that, personally, for me, I get a little nervous about is how many people are going to show up. Yeah. Are we going to play to no one? Is it going to be a bummer? Like, a, like, we have our agents here and stuff and people, like, you don't want to, and the fans, that you don't want to look like. So that's always before, like, I go and peek and see if there's people, but... The last, Dude, don't think negatively. the last five, ten years, when we play like big festivals, it's always like insane. But so what do you do? Like, if you look around that curtain and no one there, you can't change it. That's, the, that's a good point. <laughs> still a bummer, but you can't change yeah. it. You just got to go and do your best. Give everyone some money. Like really go crazy. We've got agents here today. That's what you used to do at Warped Tour. We used to pass like our little, like we're on this stage at this time. Please go, go crazy. It. And everybody had like five people and we had like a thousand. And that's how we built. You were all fucking skinned, yeah. but it was worth it. Yeah. That's right. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Good luck again with the set tonight. And it's been an honor to have you on the show. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. So there's my first interview with the incredible Simple Plan. And hey, what an amazing outro song. That's a band I'm now going to be checking out and listening to for the rest of the month. Honestly, those guys were such a delight to have on. And at download, their set was unbelievable. So a big thanks to both for coming on the Mark and Me podcast. Up next on today's download special, I'm joined by the two members of Bob Villain, Bobby and Bobby. And you know what? These two made me laugh the whole time. This interview, I'm smiling from start to end and they were just so good to have on and I can't wait to see them on tour later in the year. And again, 
This band know how to put on a show. There aren't many people that can get a crowd going like Bob Villain, and these two are one of my favourite interviews. So instead of teasing you and talking about it, I think the best thing to do is to get straight to it. So here's me and Bob Villain talking all things download. I'm here with Bob Villain. Both of you, thank you so much for joining me on the Mark and Me podcast. Okay, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Now, right now, I'm not going to lie, I'm melting, you're melting. This is the maddest, hottest day, I think, of the year. But we're here, we're at Download. You both must be absolutely buzzing. Pretty buzzing, pretty buzzing. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. Oh, water. I hate that that was on camera. It's in the MCM. Yeah, someone. Don't worry. It's, it's neat, uh, necessary though. It's it, like looks, it looks so diva-ish though to be have someone bring water. This isn't cold enough. I asked for ice cold water. <laughs> Put a hand out and water yeah, appears now, in it. Now, <laughs> But um, what I think is amazing about you guys is how that you can basically cater at lots of different festivals. You're not like, some people be like Bob Dylan at Download, but then you could be Bob Dylan at 2000 Trees. Your music appeals to so many people. But what I do with all bands that come on the podcast is take it right back to the start. What were those first albums that you both remember buying, maybe of your pocket money or your family passed down to you as a kid, that made you fall in love with music? The first album I ever bought with my own money was the game documentary. Uh, it was before I even had any pocket money, so I was just... <laughs> I, was, I was saving... Did you steal it? No, I saved my dinner money, bought Pokemon cards, sold those Pokemon cards, and then bought the, uh, the album. My guy is hustling, hustling. I love that because I did a similar thing for mine as well. And guy, I just saved dinner money, and then I bought um, Ghostface Killers Iron Man album. Bloody hell, that's yeah. a hell of a start. Jesus, <laughs> did you not? Did yeah. you not go into Woolworths and just nick it and think, fuck it? Yeah, that was the one that I. Yeah, that, that was, was later on in life. I realised that I couldn't make the money fast enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pokemon's and, and, too quick. And, and, and you've got to go hungry yeah. <laughs> at school. For albums, yeah. I yeah. actually did for one. Every day you come in here and your mum's like, why are you still hungry? You've not had anything. You're like, yeah, but mum, I've got this album and I've got Pokemon. Yeah, that is starting to make sense why I was eating so much. It's like, you're eating me at a house and home. It's like, yeah, because I'm saving my dinner money. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I've got CDs to buy. <laughs> Live music is where it all changes. Uh, I'm old, I'm 41, and one of the first gigs I went to was Green Day, uh, but it was unbelievable, like it blew my head off. What were those first gigs that you remember that kind of made the hairs on your neck stick up, your chest shake from the, like, from the bass? What were those early gigs that made you basically think, that's what I want to do? Uh, I knew before the first gig, but the first gig was a band called Fallout Boy. Fucking who brilliant. I fucking loved at the time, and I went, and watch the whole of this crap BBC Proms lineups just so I could watch <laughs> them at the end. And uh, yeah, it was definitely worth it. I didn't want to watch fucking McFly, but I had to. It was worth it. You have to sit through see, loads yeah. of shit. Exactly. It was worth it to see for that worth for sure. But then now, do you think in hindsight, actually, McFly got bangers? Well, now, yeah. But I think looking back, a lot of people now have bangers that didn't have bangers at the time, you know? Yeah. I never thought I'd be singing so many of the songs that I sing now, but here I am. Yeah, for sure. For me, 
Uh, it was just more like um, garage events and like yep. grime events that I saw. Like it was like a local crew um, called Alliance Crew that like I saw them and they were all like they were like a garage MC crew and uh, I saw them at like a place called Brannigan's and they were just like incredible and they were all dressed in white like Air Max TN tracksuits with TN trainers I thought that's probably the coolest that you can ever get in life to be quite honest and I knew there I wanted to do that did you both have it you said it was before you went to your first gig that you knew you wanted to perform what point was it when you actually thought this could come a reality because everyone dreams of it but was there a moment in time or a gig or a slot that you thought I can feel it now like this is genuine what like do you mean like in this band yeah in, in Bob Villain okay so like because everyone says, don't it? When you're a kid and you say to your parents, I want to be the next Kurt Cobain, they're like, get a real job, and then if that pays off, that's great. But to turn around and say, I want to make a name for myself in the music industry, it's brave, but you guys have proved it. Well, yeah, I think, like, you've talked about this before, and you find it super early, but it was one of our earliest shows that I felt that when we were in Cardiff, it was like our third show. But the fact that we were in another country, and even though... In retrospect, I think people were just there for a night out rather than specifically to see us. Well, that many people came down and like it really was like a rock star experience. Yeah. Like more so than lots of other shows we'd had after that, you know. So I think that was the show where I was like, oh, we can do like we can do this because a bunch of people that that don't really know us came to see us and left saying, when are you coming back? You know, we were like, okay, we can. Yeah, we did. We love you, the moon. We love the moon. <laughs> we do love the moon. That venue is should be protected at all costs. Um, but yeah, that yeah that that is a that is early on. I think. Were you later than that? I think I. I think somewhere deep down, I knew that it was a possibility. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have continued to work so hard at it. Yeah, do you course. know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Um, but I think when. The We Live Here, the single came out yep. was when things started to click for me because I was watching it in real time. I was watching like, you know, it being shared on like Facebook groups and it was on Reddit and it was on like, um, it, like I was watching YouTube numbers just kind of climb and I was watching it in real time. And That's I thought, awesome. oh, like there's people out there that they're finding it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, I thought, okay there is a market for it and i'm not crazy in thinking that this could be something that i could i could make a living off i suppose in a sense like don't get me wrong if we weren't making a living from it we'd still be making music do you know what i mean but that was the moment where i thought ah we we could possibly do this as a career you know and every year you see yourself getting higher up the bill but to be at download for the 20th anniversary and see yourself so high up and the crowd response and the amount of people do you get nervous truthfully no i i don't i don't get nervous i don't get nervous going on stage ever no well i don't like no never i think honestly i was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day the more people there are the easier the show gets anyway so like a show like this i'm going to be less nervous than uh, about than like five people in a room you know yeah, a show like this is kind of whatever, not whatever, but, but it's, I'm used to it, yeah. Yeah, it just, it, I think it just is, like, it just becomes, like, um, like a natural part of the 
like being a performer being a performer yeah yeah exactly so kind of and as well like once you're on the stage it's not really that much to be nervous about it's it's like I thought about like walking on stage. I'd be my heart be racing. Like, do not trip up. Do not make a dick of myself. Like, let's. But get then I on. think like, uh, even if we trip or we fall or something goes wrong, like it's just like it's part. It's all part of the show. It just makes that yeah. show unique. It, I suppose it's I mean? human it's, as well. Yeah, it, that's it as well. It's yeah. like it's human. Like just because we're on stage, we're not. Free from You're not error. elevated from the no, rest of exactly. The world. It's Superstars. like yeah, it's just a thing that happens, you know. But yeah, I think I get nervous at other things. Other things. Yeah. Like what? What do you guys get nervous at? Come on, drop your guard down. Uh, selling Pokemon cards at the right price. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> well, actually, I did get in trouble for that because it was an inflated price. Which <laughs> That was what the market <laughs> determined, okay? It wasn't my fault. <laughs> no, uh, I get nervous when I'm going home and I haven't called my nan in like two weeks. Oh, and she's going to moan at me. That's serious stuff. That's what I get. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more nervous about that's that. That's the real that stuff. That sort of stuff, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm, I'm similar actually. I get more nervous at kind of other, like things that everybody, because not everybody goes on stage, but like things that, Everybody, do you know what I mean? Experiences. I'm Normal more, everyday more, stuff, yeah, yeah. more nervous at those sort of things. What I do on this podcast is my final question because I'm conscious of the time. Yeah, sure. um, I've done 270 episodes now and every single person that comes on gets to choose the outro song. So it can be any piece of music by any artist in the whole world. But there's two of you today, so you're either going to arm wrestle over it, you're going to rock, paper, scissor, or when you leave, I'll toss a coin. Or if they're that good, I'll play them both. Well, I guarantee you right now we could come to an agreement. That makes it easier for the editing. But the one I asked the question, you probably, as musicians, you've probably got a thousand songs in your head. But something that means a lot to you, that once this is edited and the world's ready to listen, Bob Villain, Mark and me, what's the outro song? The game, this is how we do. In agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the <laughs> smile. I wish this was filmed now, because that was a moment of like, yes, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Um, amazing luck with today you don't need it amazing luck with the summer i've seen you've announced some uk tour dates which is amazing yes yeah you're yeah, gonna be november. very busy for the rest of the year yeah november is gonna be very busy that's the uk headline we're out with grandson in europe before that and we uh, also have when does this go out uh probably next week monday or tuesday we have a european tour as well yes. going on set. that's yes. gonna that's gonna announce on the 28th i think so that can be exclusive right now so, yeah. bobbling european you know, tour someone might find this after it so whatever but yeah we have a, a european headline tour uk headline tour on tour with grandson and lots and lots of festivals are and you doing 2000 trees we are doing 2000 trees on a bigger stage this year that is more fitting last year i couldn't get demand. in i couldn't get in the tent there you go it was yeah, fucking yeah. awesome you what shouldn't I have a problem this was year, great though. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. I'll go and let you melt in peace. And Thank your you. time means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I can't believe it's that time, but now it's my final band of the download specials and I've saved something pretty special for the very end. Stray from the Path, 
a band that I think are absolutely unbelievable. But this interview just was on another level from all the stuff I did over the weekend. It was hilarious. The chemistry was there straight away. And I'm very lucky to be joined by Tom and Craig from the band because they're both just geniuses. They made me laugh the whole way through. And I'm going to upload some photos this week just to show how relaxed it was. And the chemistry was on another level. So this is the one. This is the interview I can't wait to share. And my God, they got me good with the outro song choices. Yes, Craig, if you're listening to this, you got me good. And now I feel like I've been kind of like on Jeremy Beadle or completely punked because the outro choice that you chose is fucking shite. And you know what? The end of this episode, I stuck to my promise and have played it out. But it's absolutely shocking. So fair play, you win. But now I think the best thing to do is to get to the interview. So here's me and Stray from the Path talking all things download. I'm here at Download now with Stray from the Path. Um, both of you, thank you so much for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Hell yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Mark. It's great to be here. <laughs> this is Tom and that's Craig. Whenever you hear this voice, it's Tom. The British one is Craig. So good to have you on. Um, what I like to ask all bands that come on the podcast is to basically take it right back to the very start. Tell me when you were growing up, what was that first album that you remember buying maybe with your pocket money while you're doing a paper round or you had a part-time job? But you fucking love that album. You took it home and you listened to it from start to finish. You learned every lyric. You would look at and just cherish it because it wasn't Spotify where you could download it and delete it. You really fucking appreciated what you bought. What was that album for each of you that you just absolutely loved from the moment you heard it? Um, I mean, I remember the first album I bought. I wish it was like, quote unquote, cooler, but it was Third Eye Blind self-titled. Um, and I still love that record to this day. I'd say it's a desert island for me, but... The one that started it all for me, like as far as doing this shit as a job, is Evil Empire by Rage, you know. Uh, yeah, had it on cassette, listened to it in gym class. I don't know what you call gym class here, but, you know. I mean, we get it. You get the gist. And then, that, that, <laughs> let's see what Craig was that saying. That album, the, the, the first time I ever heard Bulls on Parade, yeah. I couldn't believe that was a guitar. And yeah. then the moment, like, Same. hit it now. And the moment yeah. it kicks in. That changed my life, genuinely. Cool, I was like, that's the band I want to be. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, what's cool, and I'll hand this to Craig so you can answer, but what's cool about our band is that, like, when Craig joined seven years ago or so, like, it was like taking, like, my refused Rage Against the Machine kind of style of metalcore and, like, his Gojira, Mashuga kind of fucking, and it made, like, a really cool blend of, like, music that we haven't heard. And that's all started because I listened to, like, Rage and Refuse and I listened to it till to this day. But, yeah, get into your metal shit because... You're why the band is kind of metal. He's going to admit now his first album was something like Oasis. And they'll be like, oh, that's completely what I wasn't expecting. Um, So, no, my aim was, first off, bold of you to assume that I wasn't a Spotify kid. But I was, yeah, I am old. I'm a cassette. I was a cassette guy. Me too, man. And uh, it was, I watched the show Beavis and Butthead before I even got into music. Yep. So, I was at a car boot sale which I guess you would call a garage sale and uh, I saw a Beavis and Butthead compilation tape and I was like oh I know that from the cartoon on MTV white cover them both doing yeah, it in the front two. what a fucking album and that it was had, like Primus on it Anthrax like it was crazy Pantera, Pantera I'm Broken yeah, Pantera, what a tune was on it. 
So like, I was like, oh, I know that. And I then I went on a vacation with my parents and I just hammered it. And I was like, wow, I love this music. And then from there, it was like, like I went straight in on Sepultura Arise. Wow. Which I bought at the same time because the guy that sold me that was like, if you like that, you're going to like this. So I went straight in on like thrash. And isn't it amazing then? Because that album, even if it was a bit shit, you'd listen to it to death because you have to justify you've spent money on it. Yeah. Wait, are you saying Arise is shit? That album is an absolute fucking masterpiece and changed music industry. But sometimes I get an album and I'd be like, this isn't the greatest album and I'm a bit disappointed. Yeah. You know, and then I'd be like, but I'm going to listen to it anyway because I've just spent £12, $15, you know, that sort of and money on it. And then you end up getting, you get to like, you play it so much, you're like, yeah, I love this It's album. okay, it's a grower. No one gets the last track anymore. Never. No one gets the last track no more. <laughs> it all changes though when you go and see a band live. Uh, I'm 41, one of my first gigs ever at Wolverhampton. You'll know that place. You won't. Civic Hall. Yeah, it was li- Little Civic. Little Civic. Uh, Bro, but the, don't say I don't know Wolverhampton. Yeah? Oh, I played Wolverhampton for a decade. Okay, Wolverhampton <laughs> Massive. Really. Yeah, it's my favourite place. I will only do a tour if they do Wolverhampton. Uh, at the Wolf Run it was, which is like in between the big and the small. Uh, I saw Green Day doing their Dookie tour, which was just fucking wow. awesome. And a few weeks later, I saw Limp Bizkit there, which was insane. But what was that first gig? And please be honest, if it isn't the coolest one ever, but the first gig you went to and you're like, this is fucking cool. I wanted to be like Yeah, this. I mean, the first show I went to, I was fucking eight years old. I went to Madison Square Garden to see fucking Dave Matthews Band, which I will say I am ashamed of liking Dave Matthews Band, but I do. There's two things I'm ashamed of that I like, and it's Dave Matthews Band, the first four records, and the show Friends. But... You know, I should be ashamed, and it's I okay. I think Crash Into Me is one of the greatest songs ever. It's an amazing song. So if yeah. you go Under the Table and Dreaming, Crash, uh, fucking Before These Crowded Streets, and uh, actually it might just be the first three. Yeah. It the, kind the of gets four, yeah, dog shit it. after that. After that. Uh, but the first, like, cool show I went to where I was like, holy fuck, was uh, God Forbid, Poison the Well, Hate Breed, Converge. At the Babylon That's VFW Hall. That's fucking heavy. Yeah, 2001. And, like, uh, we just went for Poison the Well. But then, like, and that's where I saw Converge. And Converge is my favorite hardcore band now. But Unbelievable. And also, you look great for 41. Thank you. Know? you. Let me it's, say that. Uh, it's nice toner cream. And, yeah, uh, you're saying all these fucking around. old-ass shows. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I would have never thought so that. So how old were you when you saw Converge? Uh, so 2001, I was born in 87. What is that, 14? Wow. Yeah. 14. Did you not fuck. die in that pit? Uh, I was... I was honestly, yeah. I was right. It was a barricade, which is crazy, but it was a barricade and I was the first person, so I didn't get killed. However, why I watched Converge from the back and that was the first time I was scared at a show. And it was saddest day. And we used to have it, uh, we brought like a camcorder and we used to have it on VHS and like me and my friends would watch, we would watch the pit for fucking scant. And then we just see the people getting fucking killed And we would watch it over and over and shit like that So, uh, And then Hatebreed played And then people were literally dying And then, uh, yeah so. Kids are listening to this going What's a camcorder? What the fuck yeah, is right. these guys talking about? Granddad cast Mine's really metal again Good uh, I, My first show ever I was still at school So it's probably 2001 as well And it was Alice Cooper Supported by Dio Fucking hell. Yeah, so I was a, like such a metal, metal kid. Uh, and again, it came from like other media. It was Wayne, like Alice Cooper being in Wayne's World. And then Alice Cooper I was Cooper just about played. to think to myself, like, was this for like a Wayne's World moment? Yeah, like, you like, be, like Beavis and Butthead, Wayne's World. Yeah. I was like, I was obsessed with those, like that movie and that show. 
before I even knew about the music. So yeah. I like forced myself to like it. So Alice Cooper played and it was from Wayne's World and I'd seen Wayne's World with my friends and we were like, well, should we just go? And then Dio supported and played a bunch of like cool shit. Yeah, it was awesome. And then... I don't know no. how you get much better than that to start with. Like your foundations, both of you are like fucking up here. Listen. We haven't let go of them for fucking... No. 25 years. <laughs> I'm still exactly so the same person. He's been the same person. So, so come into here uh, for the 20th anniversary and it's heritage and it's history. Just to see yourself on the poster must be, for me, I'd print it out, I'd have it like laminated on my wall. Like you must feel so fucking honored to be part of this lineup with some incredible bands, bands you've probably grown up with, bands that you've been to see, and you're there, bang in the middle, like this is us. It's really cool. Um, I love that, because in America, like there's a ceiling for this shit, right? Yeah. Where uh, over here, England and mainland Europe, like the number one genre is like metal and rock and shit, which is not the case in America. Uh, it's definitely doing well, but you know. So like to see like, you know, Craig's favorite band is Metallica, and like I've met Tom Morello at you know download france before and like you know uh like but what's really cool is like 2009 when no one gave a fuck about stray from the path before craig was even in the band like we did a tour in america with ice nine kills and like i just saw them for the very first so time they're in playing my life the fucking main stage they're touring with metallica and i just saw spencer and we were just cracking jokes about like how you know we once played a Christian festival in Arkansas where they wanted wow. to, they wanted to pay us double not to show up, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, was, it was straight up that's still what happened. So you know it's it's fucking cool that we get to come here and you know see like Metallica and fucking uh, Meshuga and like all this like cool stuff that we grew up on and like love and stuff and you know, but like what's really cool is that we see like motionless and white and ice nine kills and like all these bands that we fucking played rooms to less than 100 people with and now like we're fucking out here you know with all those people you know i just saw spencer talking to the fucking disturbed guy on the way up here like you know what i mean like they're talking i'm like this is crazy david that's his name yeah so i don't know that's what's really cool about it's really cool that over here everyone puts us in that same league as them you know whether it's like you know bottom of the pre Premier League or if we're in the you know top four Champions League motherfuckers we're still in the league you know, I love you pick cool. a football thing there just to I try like and it. win us in like yeah. hey it's called a pander you know yeah, you ever hear of America American politics we all about pandering you know yeah. what I mean so uh, I've just realised Mike and me Mac and me, Mac and me. podcast Mike, Mark yeah, and Mike me. and me yeah I've just realised why I know. That's the guy. Yeah. No infringement. You're not in trouble. Well, now I am because you fucking pointed it Excellent. out. Everyone, I was doing okay for five he's years. Using, he's using the logo from Mac and Me from the 80s. Yes. Uh, which is an amazing film. Great. Really scary when he falls off that cliff on the bike. In a wheelchair. Oh, in a wheelchair. wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a wheelchair. He keeps oh, yeah. playing the same scene over again. Yeah. He's like, this is the new Ant-Man trailer, and then it shows this. Yeah. Mac and Me. Mike Mark and Me. And me. Okay. Mark and Me, not Mike. Mark and me. Oh, I'm sorry. God damn. Wait. Wait, what's my name? Ian. Wait, we're even. We're even. <laughs> we're even now because you don't know mine. Boom. Ian. Yeah. If I say it surely and positively enough, like so I really do you know believe what? it. Do you know what's weird though? Go it's on. My dad's name. Fucking so you kind hell. of it. So I'm all right then. I'm like, oh, yeah. You're 50 percent right. Nah, that's my dad's middle. Now we've I'm doing fucking we've well, yeah. we've flipped this around. Uh, what was even the question? 
Martin and me. I can't even remember what the question was. Oh, being I on the poster. About, I don't think you're looking at the poster and you're nervous. Are you thinking, um, wow, this is fucking awesome? For me, obviously, being from the UK is one of those festivals. Like, Download and Reading is like one of the ones where if you're in like a fucking shop and someone goes, oh, you're in a band, are you? Or like someone realizes you're in a band and then you go, yeah, and they're like, have you got anything like are you playing any are you playing down have you played download and then you go yeah and then they go ooh now they are taking notice ooh now they go, oh you're a real band you know what we say back to that yeah suck on that motherfucker you know? <laughs> <laughs> we played fucking download on the yeah. same day as Metallica yeah. on main stage 2 I like to call it because it's yeah. big as well <laughs> yeah we're on the main stage 2 <laughs> guys your slot is unbelievable but be honest with me, like you've done it a while now. I've just noticed your Deftones tattoo. I'm sorry, that's fucking oh, yeah, awesome. Deftones, I got Nando's. That's fucking Deftones next to Nando's. Yeah. But do you truly get nervous? Because every band so far I've interviewed today are like, no, it's my job. I walk on stage. I know what to do. I can just kick ass. But uh, you, you guys are more honest and real. Uh, I get nervous that no one will be there. Yeah. And then there was like 20 or 30,000 people there. So, so suck on that, mother. Suck on that too. I might call this episode I, Suck on that motherfucker I still get nervous <laughs> no, I get nervous too But I get nervous That no one's going to be there But then I once they're there I, I play better when I'm nervous Because then I get the like Fight or flight But then the metronome Stays the same speed So I just go into like Matrix bullet time Where I'm just like Oh this is Yeah So you do get nervous I, I mean yeah, yeah Most honest sure. band I've interviewed For about two days then Because everyone else Is just like No it's easy I walk on Because all their shit's On backing track Yeah <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not nervous because uh, I don't have to play. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got, we actually updated to the new OS system, so we're we're chilling. You know, yeah, my Ableton good. is really good today. So, yeah, no, I play it. We write all of our songs. We play the fucking actual instruments. So no, suck on that. Suck on that. <laughs> suck on that too. And I saw that uh, on Instagram this morning when I was on my way here. You guys announced some UK tour dates. Sure as shit did. Uh, we're doing It's the biggest headliner we've, we've gone for I looked at it I was like Fucking hell that's Yeah big. Brixton Electric It's 1500 1500 tickets You know We like What I like to call it We go from Cause here's the thing A lot of motherfuckers Like we've been going for a while Right And a good half of the time Of going full time A lot of people Wrote us off That we kept going Oh you guys are still going huh? yeah, yeah Yeah we're fucking still going And guess what 20, 30,000 people Watch us today We're doing our biggest Fucking headliner You know what I like to call that Undesirable to undeniable So kiss my fucking ass Unless you already like us Then please buy a ticket They go on sale Monday uh, <laughs> No we're fucking around But no for real We got uh, Make Them Suffer From Australia uh, Void of Vision From Australia And Gnosis From Japan Which is uh, Rio from Crystal Lake's New band uh, So it's gonna be Fucking Do you guys awesome. Kind of do like a gig swap You're like We'll get you go to the UK You come and do some cool shows But you invite us back to Japan You invite us to Australia We just did Australia Not, not with them Specifically But I would definitely do Make them suffer in Australia Yeah I do make them suffer in Australia Maybe one day they'll do that But uh, yeah. that's yeah, we don't we, do we don't barter Th Those bands are worth their, their tickets here And I think You know what We like to I like I like to see Who's gonna pop Because we had this Booked for Eight months You know yeah. And we try to pick Who's gonna pop In twelve months And, and I think all three of those bands are going to have a moment soon. I know Make Them Suffer is having a moment. Um, you know, Void of Vision, like, that band also hasn't really gotten their flowers yet. So if we could go ahead and try to pass the torch to a band like that, you know, like, we'd like to. You know what I mean? And again, Gnosis, like, we've toured with Crystal Lake before, so we know Rio. But uh, his new band is really cool, really weird. Like, we like to put, bring different people different kind of styles out you know so uh so yeah it's a fucking good show like we are we are very careful with who we bring 
we're not bringing bands because they're worth X amount of tickets so that we, you know, we yeah, of course. swim in that glory or swim in that wake or whatever like that. Like, no, like the, the, the ethos between a bill is making it a good show that people want to spend their money on. And this is a show that you want to do. So even if you don't know those bands and you know Stray, come early because, like, you know, if they're on tour with us, like, there's we, a reason we believe why. that it's quality. Yeah, quality people on stage and off stage. Quality people like in the studio making good music, and uh, and you know that's all the reasons to buy a ticket because you can't find that everywhere these days. You know? I feel like we could talk for hours. Genuinely, like the chemistry. I told you before this thing. Like, no one talks more than me and this guy. No, that's like, cool. We'll, we'll talk you. When up. you're back in the UK, yeah. I'm going to come to your show and we'll sit down and do a longer episode. Down. Um, and if you don't, I'll find you. Yeah. And push you off a cliff, like in the movie Mac and Me, not Mark and Me. But it would be called Mark and if Me. If I'm not in prison because of copyright infringement, because of you, yeah. then well, we're okay. Then Mark owes us, or Mike and whatever the fuck it's called, they owe us some money. Then. My final question for you now, because they're looking at me already doing the old watch movement. What I do on the podcast, everyone that's been on, doesn't matter who you are, gets to choose the last piece of music that's played, any band, any song in the world that means a lot to you. There's two of you, I don't know how we'll decide which one. We're picking two. Pick two, and yeah, then, we'll, we're then two. you fight. Is it going to play after this? Yeah, I, yeah. I'll give you my word. I'll I'll do like a mega mix where I got both of you. That's fine. He could go first too, but good. And I want, but I want two. Can of, you confirm of two? Of course, I promise if both I of you. If I fucking hear this episode and there's Dude, not two songs back then, to back, then at the UK show you yeah. beat the oh, shit out of me. You beat the shit out of me. You're dead. This I'm is, dead. This is. Do you get the whole song or is it just a clip? Um, do you know what I'm going to do? And I swear to you, these guys are right. These guys have heard. I just did a slam dunk special a couple of weeks ago, right? Eleven bands. You guys have been the most humble, honest people I've spoke to this weekend. I truly mean this. These will hold me to it. You will be the headline, headline, headline. band on this download special. So we get a full song. So you get the whole fucking song. The title Guess what? Of I'm course you are. You're on the top of the poster. Uh, you're gonna. Okay. The song is called Woodpecker Number One. By Mertzbo. M E R Z. I've never heard this song in my life. M E R Z B O W. That's my song. And what's the reason? I like the reason more than the anything. Re- you will know the reason when you play it. Oh, wow. That's a good it's, answer. It's, it's safe, don't worry. Good. Cotton Eye Joe. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Do you know what? Why not? Yeah. Fucking why not? Yeah, you put that third, alright? Uh, and let's see how many people make it towards that. Um, <laughs> well then put mine first Because mine first is actually sick It's a quick song Torn from your silhouette by the band Dying fucking wish So Any reason? Just because it's rules? Um, do you want the real answer? Yeah of course I'm invested <laughs> No but for real like He'll back me up He ain't invested The band is the greatest And uh, you know I work for the band But um, they have a new record coming out They're fucking sick And then I'll let him co-sign that uh, I'm just, yeah, they're really good, but I'm just going to tell you real quick the reason for my song, because it will give some background. Uh, I used to have a really loud neighbor who their their sound bar was really, really loud, and it was up against the wall, and he wouldn't move it, and he wouldn't even answer the door. So I, someone I know, maybe this is a joke, I'm lying, uh, hacked his sound bar and played this song through his sound bar repeatedly until they moved the TV. So that's real. So you're, I'm not going to get sued now because I'll go to your neighbor and be yeah. like, it was him. So we're yeah. even, yeah? yeah. Even. Sh- even. Even. Also, even. I will say this, though. Definitely play Dying Wish first and then play the crazy <laughs> t- terror music. Both of them. Crazy I'll torture music. 
Thank you so much, yeah, guys, thank you, bro. for coming on. It's a pleasure. Appreciate it. So that brings us to the end of this amazing journey that I've been on at the Download Festival, celebrating the 20th anniversary. And my God, I had an absolute blast and hope that I've made some of you that weren't able to go feel like you were there. I'm extremely grateful for all the bands that came on. So a massive thanks again to Mum Jeans, Punk Rock Factory, State Champs, Hailstorm, Simple Plan, Bob Villain and Stray From The Path. All of you were absolute legends and I had such a good time and really hope that we can follow this up with individual episodes in the next coming months. If you've enjoyed today's episode, thank you so much for listening and all I ask in return is for you to share this. All the links are on markandme.com, there's Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and it literally takes you two minutes to hit that retweet button or the share button on Facebook or on Instagram, just hit that like button. It gets more people seeing the post and as you know, I'm a one-man team and rely on you guys to promote the episode to get more and more people listening to Mark and Me. I also, on markandme.com, have a link to my Patreon page. If you've enjoyed today's specials, obviously it costs money to go there for petrol, for food, and to do these podcasts. So the Patreon money goes right back in to allow me to do more of these things for you guys at home. And like I said, the link's on markandme.com. I also want to give a big thank you to the sponsors of this podcast, The Folio Society and Richer Sounds. Without you guys, I couldn't do this podcast. And if you're new to Mark and me and you've just listened to these specials, please stick around because I'll have brand new episodes, usually around two episodes a week, maybe more. Lots more specials coming up over the summer and so many surprises. So a big thanks to everyone at Download. Thanks to my good friends, Darren and Scott, for coming along, taking amazing photos and being just the best people I could ask for to spend my weekend with. Everyone else, if I've missed anyone, I give you all my love and a massive shout out behind the scenes. And I'll speak to you all very soon.
Yeah!